Hi, it's Dory Farina, and welcome to this week's episode of Slice, the podcast about getting real with real people and real topics that will inspire you to be your most authentic self. Some of you may know that right now I'm in the process of divorce. I'm almost to the end of it, and wow, it is not an easy process. And I would say that I'm one of the lucky ones where it's been pretty amicable for the most part. And with us, you know, most of the things that we had to deal with, we were able to talk about together. We're able to go through mediation. We're not fighting about, you know, stuff and dividing stuff up and child custody, all that kind of stuff. However, toward the end now, it sure got a lot harder because now it's time to dot the I's, cross the T's, and really get into the nitty-gritty of finances and all the stuff that we've talked about, but now agreeing to it in a legal way, in a legal way that we can all commit to. Something has changed. Something has definitely changed uh, over the last six months. And it makes me really sad. Uh, makes me sad because, you know, you think that you're with somebody and this is the person that you trusted the most, you shared your thoughts with, your dreams with, your children together, you built a life together. And now we don't talk that much. I mean, we're barely friends. And if we didn't have children, we wouldn't be friends. And that's really sad to me. And as, it, as it's coming to the end, I mean, it's very close to the end, it's just getting more sad. And it feels like feelings are getting hurt. And the things that are happening are just not normal interactions to anything I've ever experienced with him. And there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I could do about the fact that that's happening. And we have to be friends. We have to stay amicable. Uh, we can't let it go out of control. We can't let our feelings be fully expressed in a lot of ways because, one, there's no containment for that. There's no place to put them because we're not interested, one, and two, you know, we have two kids and our primary goal and our primary purpose is to be good co-parents together. And that's a huge, huge order to fill when you have all these feelings happening. And normally in life, you know, with anybody else in your life, pretty much, when you stop digging on them, and you're not connected, and you don't feel like being friends, and you don't have a connection, and you're hurt, <clears throat> and you're beyond the place where you could really redeem any friendship, you cut them out of your life. But not when you're married, and not when you have children, not when you have things that are tied together. There's just been such an array of feelings that have come up a lot of anger 
toward the end and some resentment and just mostly a lot of hurt and disappointment that we can't talk about it, that we can't share our feelings about it, that we can't get in a room with a therapist, because obviously I believe in therapy, and talk about the hurt, talk about the disappointments, talk about what got us to where we got so we could heal. So it's just going to be left kind of undone and maybe somewhat undone forever. We may never have that opportunity. I can't see us having the opportunity. I hope we do one day. I just don't know how that would happen or what would propel us to make that investment at that time. Other than the kids, of course, because we are 100% on board with the kids. So anybody who's, you know, gone through a divorce or a breakup, you know, of somebody you really care about, you know, might be able to identify with this. I realize that what makes it so hard, no matter what, what has happened or what has happened between us, that I went, wow, that this love does not go away. It's that love is not going away. We could separate everything in our life to the point where we have no ties except our responsibility with our children. That feeling doesn't go away. So I thought I would speak to that today because that comes with a whole package. And maybe because of who I am, I can get there and accept this part of it. God's honest, it could be a hell of a lot easier if I didn't feel that way. It would be a lot, lot easier. It would just be like wrapping it up and taking care of business. And a lot of it is wrapping up, taking care of business. But the parts that get challenging are when there's all this other stuff and these feelings and this, you know, and you're discussing kind of random things that, you know, they're important, but they have such weight to them. And why do they have such weight to them is because they have nothing to do with what you're talking about. It has to do with the all the feelings underneath it, those feelings that we're not going to get to talk about. And why does it hurt? And that's what I was thinking about. Is like, why does this hurt so much? Like, this shouldn't hurt so much. It's like, it's done. It's over. We're not together. We're not going to be together. But it hurts because I still love him. And he was still a really big part of my life. You know, and we grew up together at a pocket of our life. We were together 16 years, and that's a long time. And you don't have to be together 16 years for someone to feel the way that I'm feeling. You could be with them a lot less time. What I want to talk about is what has helped me through the process is really thinking about forgiveness. And not just forgiveness of him, but forgiveness of myself, you know, for even being in this situation for starting with just being in the situation and for it not working and for going back to imperfection talking a while back you know it brings up a lot of stuff about imperfection about failure about the loss of dreams about the loss of a way of being about the loss of an identity and so whenever I feel angry I first think about what it is that's happening after I express my anger of course and call my best friends and my sister and my mom and express all my anger after that (laughs) 
after that, sorry, it's super valuable to have your anger. Anger is a good emotion and super warranted. So don't think I'm not doing that. But after I do that, and after I vent that and, and get validation that it's warranted, I have to ask myself, how much, why does it hurt? And that's what I came to. And I think it's an important part of a divorce process or a breakup process or an ending of any kind of relationship. It could be a business relationship. It could be anything. When you have deep ties with someone or something and it comes to an ending, there's a lot of feelings that get involved. And there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of misunderstandings. The only way that I know to get through it positive, spiritual way is through love and forgiveness. That's what I want to talk about. So Natalie Kusterich is back to talk about it with us from Divorcely. Natalie is also a therapist, life coach in Fort Lauderdale, Miami area and specializes in divorce. That's a topic that we'd start with. Hi, Natalie. How are you? Good. Hi, Dory. Thanks for sharing. That was really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being here today. I love being here. <laughs> <laughs> being here right now. <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> That's a pretty big um, subject, forgiveness. And I loved when you said that forgiveness is something that that you extend to other people, but you start with yourself. What sort of what hit me when you were talking is that people tend to view divorce as you messed up. And there are right. definitely things along the way where we make mistakes. It's a relationship, right? But we always think that there's, we can work it out because you never know when is something going to continue? Is it going to end? What's going to happen? There's the unknown basically. Right. So then the question becomes, as, you sort of, as you're going through the divorce process, you're kind of also going over your story. What did you do? What did they do? What happened? How did you get here? And when you're talking about forgiveness, it's the process of going through the stories and seeing where you, what parts of yourself did you deny in moments that was to keep the peace in the relationship to... It's too much today. I've got the kids. I have this. I can't deal with this. I'm just going to pretend everything's okay. And it's the accumulation of those kinds of moments where we're not really being fully ourselves and fully expressing ourselves that leads to the divorce process and having to forgive ourselves. Because ultimately, when divorce happens, what we've done is at different points in our life, we've just owned parts of ourselves. So... When we're going through this process of divorce, it's an experience. This experience does not need to define who we are. It simply informs where we've been and where we want to go. So once you really get what the lesson is and how, what are the, th- what are the negative thoughts that kept you there? What is the level of self-blame? What parts of yourself have you disowned that you're now choosing to reclaim? And you enter that space now? That experience is done. You are not that experience anymore. Whatever that mistake was, whatever you felt you didn't get that led to the demise of your relationship, it is completely over. You are no longer that person. That experience does not define you. You get to now decide and become something new. 
And it's not even becoming something new. It's more like you're dropping the layers of stuff that you've accumulated that isn't authentically who you are and you're stepping into being you, who you really are. So it's almost, it feels almost like, um, like think about it when you were a kid, like we didn't have all this stuff on us, but we have all these experiences that we layer on, layer on, layer on that is not always the best for us. So this is kind of like a process of kind of becoming innocent again, in a sense, and, and being who you were born to be. That's where you're headed. And that is a really cool process. And when you think about it that way, to forgive yourself is so easy. And to forgive others is effortless because once you forgive yourself, that naturally occurs. Is that the moment that I fully understand what it is that I did and I truly don't blame myself for anything anymore and I really am, I've dropped the layers of the stories and the bullshit that I've been telling myself over the years about who it is that I am and I choose to become who it is who I now choose to be, which is myself regardless of whatever the outcome is in any given moment. I can simply look at the other person as they're in their process, they're figuring themselves out. This was literally the best that they could do in that moment. That moment that they're having and what they're going through isn't really about me. It's not personal. Just like mine wasn't personal about him. We just triggered each other. And it's supposed to get you to a place or the goal is for it to get you a place, to a place of self-understanding and growth. And if you can do that in the relationship, that's incredible. But divorce isn't really like that because something has gone wrong where you weren't able to trigger each other and resolve in the relationship. So the relationship has to go. It has to be dissolved because now the work is about doing it yourself. And when you really get that, that's where the shifts really happen. And the external relationships all begin to shift too. Because all anyone is ever doing is reflecting us back to us. We're always looking in the mirror. That's the process. Yeah, so it is very, the divorce process is very much a reflection of the relationship, right? But as you're, as you're going through this process, if you are, once you become aware of what the situations were that led you to this place and the parts of yourself that you disowned, that's where you can begin to forgive yourself. And once you can see your own humanity and start reclaiming whatever it is that you gave up about you, it becomes easier to forgive the other person because it starts with you. If you don't forgive you, nothing's coming. Nothing's going to improve, right? Right. And it, that I think that's a really hard process, you know, that we walk people through and, you know, going through myself. Those moments when you realize in yourself, wow, I was doing that. Yeah. I was doing that, no matter what your partner did. And but this is men and women, by the way. This is not, you know, I know we're two women speaking, but this goes across the board, across the board. And you realize, you know, I did that. I did that. Because a lot of the relationship, when people come to me anyway, they're talking about what their, other, what their partner does <laughs> and all the shitty things their partner does and the mm -hmm. awful things their partner does and how they do it and why they do it and how they won't change it and this and that. And that all very well might be true. In therapy, you know, or in coaching, you learn, you know, I teach people how to change themselves and how to look at themselves. And from that place of being authentic and being yourself 
in making those changes, oftentimes things do change or the approach changes or you make a decision and you get the fuck out. When you're looking back on your relationship and you're reflecting, I hope that you're reflecting on you and your partner, not just your partner. And it's in those moments that are they're bittersweet because there are moments when you often realize something you really wanted, something that was hurtful or a hurtful dynamic in the relationship and something you really wanted and something you really didn't get ever in the relationship, never maybe, maybe sometimes. And then you have to feel the depth of that. And that's that part you're talking about is when you go, wow, I made a choice to overlook that or not address that or not speak to that because of something, because of this. Could be because you're too tired. It could be because of this. But usually there's also something else. It's like, I don't want to start a fight. I don't want to stir things up. Overall, things are pretty good. You make up excuses to not rock the boat. You make up excuses to not look at yourself. You know, and they also build up very slowly sometimes. They're not they're not so obvious. I mean, it's like a chipping away. It's like a you know, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And, you know, there's lots of things you look at and you go, if I in the from I'll speak for myself that in the relationship, I would never have said, Wow, there's something this is something I really want. And I'm not getting, and I'm gonna, and I'm, I want to ask for it because if I, for someone like me, if I would have known that, I would have done it. <laughs> so, you know, there's so much that goes like totally unconscious. And but when you go through the process, this ending process, and you're thinking about, well, it's funny that you say that because when I think about even my own divorce, I realize that I didn't even ask for anything I wanted, even when I was dating him. So it didn't, it didn't start during our marriage. It started way before the marriage actually happened. Right. I would have events and there'd be things that were important to me. And at the time he was just my boyfriend and he wouldn't show up or he would show up late. And each time it just sort of stung just a little bit, just a little bit. Like, why am I not important enough for him to be on time? Why am I not important enough for him to be present for me in these moments in my life when I'm doing something great or I'm celebrating some elements of my life? Right. Then that led to, there's nothing in my life that's worth celebrating. I've accomplished nothing. I'm not worthy of the kind of love that I want. And this is the best it's ever going to be. And it was literally like a slow death of my spirit, my energy, my love of self. It all just kind of collapsed. Right. So we're, it's a very different process in divorce. I mean, your process and my process are very different. The relationships are very different. And, and many people out there listening, I mean, probably have their own, you know, their own situations that, you know, that they're thinking about right now. The key for me was that I literally stopped loving myself in this process. Right, because can I just say something to that? Because this, I think this is really important because that's a really, that's a huge, like that process of stopping loving yourself or caring about yourself is literally, I could, I could just do a show about that, right? Or a talk series, I mean, about that. 
Here's psychologically how things work, you know, in yourself. We're constantly making choices about ourselves and our life, and we're constantly deciding how to proceed to the next moment. We have a set of belief systems about ourselves. Belief systems like, I'm a great athlete, I'm a great mom, I'm a great friend, but nobody really focuses on that, by the way. But what gets people into trouble are when they think, I'm not good enough or I don't deserve something, or I don't deserve to be loved, or I'll never make it, or these core negative belief systems that are built in, they're just part of who you are and how you have developed in your life so far, just so far, right? But what happens is that a very confident person in general who has a very productive life can get caught in stuff like all of a sudden not believing in themselves and not caring about themselves, not because that's first and foremost and front and center in their life. And they're like, they're not walking around going, oh yeah, I don't believe in myself, I don't love myself, and then everything tags on to that. What happens is that when you have any core belief system like that in your soul, in your body, in your soul, your psyche, All those experiences that you start to begin to experience, like, um, let's say, like your thing where he doesn't show up to a party. And the first time you go, yeah, whatever, things happen. Maybe the first 10 times you go, wow, things happen. He's busy. I'm busy. It didn't work out. I'm disappointed. I'm sad. But at that point, whenever that point happens with you, the first, the 10th time, it doesn't matter. At a certain point, you're going to have to decide what you're going to do. Are you going to speak up about it? Is there an ultimatum about it? Are you not going to invite him to the events anymore? Are you going to invite a friend? Are you going to invite a colleague? Are you going to continue dating him? What are you going to do about it? So you're faced now with a choice about what you want to do about something that doesn't work for you because you're aware it doesn't work for you. But when it's tied in, if it links onto a belief, a negative core belief system in yourself, and you don't make that choice to take care of yourself in that moment, right? Whatever that means for you in that moment, speaking up to it, changing the dynamic, making different choices, then what happens is that that basically, the second you decide not to speak up to it, it validates your belief system. I'm not good enough. So you have a choice. You could either validate the core belief system or you can do something different, devalidate it. So when you have many, many things built up on that and then the go-to or the default coping mechanism inside the relationship becomes about, hey, you know what? Instead of me dealing with it, I mean, you're not saying all this, by the way, in your head and you're not thinking about it. But this is what's happening, you know, and the underwiring in your body and mind and soul is, oh, I know the go-to for this. Instead of me confronting him or her and talking about this and asking for what I want and standing up for what I want and standing up for what I deserve, I'm just going to go to my go-to. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. It's not even worth it for me to speak up. I'm not going to get what I want anyway. So... We're going to just plug that right into my negative belief system about myself 
and we're going to move along, which creates a ton of resentment, and it, it, it creates a whole bunch of things, like it stops the intimacy in the relationship. It starts, stops the honesty in the relationship. And chances are, if you are doing that, your partner is also doing that. And then you've got two people who are operating basically in a lie. You don't have two, you don't have two honest, authentic people there. You've got two people that are operating in a lie. Listen to me very carefully, audience. A lie. Because what happens is when those people, when you've got two people in that position, you are no longer in relationship. You are dating, cohabitating, operating as a system, but you are no longer in relationship when you have that built up. And from there, it's very hard to have intimacy. It's very hard to have that closeness that most people want. It's very hard to have amazing sex and when, when you are in that place. <laughs> there is no intimacy with lies. There's no intimacy. There's no, there and, or it's a fake, it's, okay, it's a false intimacy. Over. You're Over. done. 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 The moment that you have lies, it's, you're done. Yeah. It's shut down. It literally shuts you down. Right. It shuts you down. And then what also happens is that the, the, what you start to do is people start to act out and they start mm -hmm. to control. So usually the go-to is to withhold something, right? right. As a control. So, avoid, avoidance, withholding. Yeah. Those like, are two big things that I mean, like, do. you know, they, a big one is sex. Lies. A big one people withhold is sex and love. All of them. Gratitude. And at the end of the day, the only person that you are withholding from or avoiding is always yourself. The relationship is simply a mirror of your internal process. And the more that you can recognize that none of these things need to be detrimental about you, they do not have to define you, but they have to inform you so that now you can choose a new way. And it's really a choice. You really do at every moment in your life is like being a little kid and calling do-over. It is entirely up to you. I call do-over all the time because sometimes I'm afraid and then I... I don't lie, I do a little white lie because I'm afraid of what somebody else will say. But once I recognize it now, I can go, you know what, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant, that's not what I meant at all. That's only a half truth. That's what a white lie is, right, a half truth. I was like, that's only a half truth, here's the whole truth. And then I take it, whatever the consequence is of that, I take it and I have to say, I've never had a negative consequence from telling the truth. Mm -mm. Something has been revealed. I have learned something. I have moved forward in some way. So How is, there's only me, good things that come as a result of finding yourself, being yourself, and speaking your truth. I agree. Because no one wants to live a lie. You now have give yourself a real opportunity to be in relationship with yourself and with other. Exactly. And being in and being honest with yourself is what gives you the opportunity to have yeah. that mind-blowing relationship that you want with somebody. I mean, these are all pieces of what leads to forgiveness, right? So to bring it back around full circle, you know, people think when you're talking about forgiveness, you're saying, I forgive you, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, it's like something that you say or something that you, it's like almost like this act that you can do. And, you know, there is a little piece of that sometimes, 
But really it comes down to like when Natalie and I are talking about, can you forgive yourself for not taking care of yourself? Because once you address what you haven't done for you, how angry are you really at your partner? Not at all. Not at all, right? Or very little. Because, you know, you can't expect someone to meet you where you want to be met if you're not even, you don't even know where you want to be met or you're not being honest about what you want. You can't expect that in any relationship. Most relationships do not exist with two psychic telepathic people. What? I know. It's crazy. Oh my God, I totally crazy. thought that's how it was. I know. I know. Oh. And there's no, you know, oh. rule book. I have to rethink my entire approach now as a therapist. I know you do. I know. <laughs> so on the so on the forgiveness <laughs> side of it, what? <laughs> what did you say? I said now I have to rethink my entire approach as a therapist because I, I was relying entirely on my psychic abilities. Psychic and telepathic. I wasn't talking about you. I was just talking about in relationship. You know, like how a lot. I hear a lot of. I hear. I hear a lot. Like you know, why doesn't he just do this, or why can't she just do this? She knows it means a lot to me. It's like, well, did you tell them? Did you ask for it? Did you explain why it means something to you? No, I didn't. Well, guess what? It's not going to happen. I mean, maybe you can send a Morse code. It might be might be more effective than just mind reading and even if you could read minds you know you'd still have to clarify <laughs> no I don't want that skill I think you should just tie it into self-love forgiveness and self-love ultimately because it's from that place even if your marriage falls apart if you can truly forgive yourself honestly then you can forgive anybody okay so in bringing it full circle with what I started with about how hard endings are and how sad they are and what, for me, when I was talking about my sadness and then just realizing that the love is still there. And a lot of you might not have the love. And like Natalie, you said you don't have the love. And a lot of you might not. I do. And that's okay. And that's going to be part of my process. And in part of my healing, it is important to come from a place of love and realize that you know, if you didn't love the person, if, if you weren't, if you didn't love the job, the person, the friend, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the lover, if you didn't really love that person on some level, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't matter. You just skate through it. It'd be a bunch of details to get through. But for me, in getting to forgiveness, you know, the deeper truth is, about acknowledging that and acknowledging the places inside the relationship where I didn't speak up and I consider myself a pretty honest open person and anybody who knows me would agree and I didn't even know I was doing it. I would pride myself on the fact that I was doing it, that I was absolutely doing it all those years, all the time. And then to come to years late, you know, a couple years after we're not together to a place and looking back and being able to, you know, push those corners in myself. I'm like, oh, I did make choices like that. I did put myself aside and my needs aside and my 
desires aside for something else, for all those things that, you know, you were talking about, Natalie, like, but it's in that place. It's a dual process. It's where your heart is coming from a place of love toward the situation, coming from a place of forgiveness about the choices that you made at the time, knowing that you did the best thing that you can do at the time, and the fact that you are acknowledging it now, whenever now is for you, it could be a week later, it could be 50 years later, it really doesn't matter, but at the point that you acknowledge that you could have done something different, just means that you've grown. It means that you're not going to let it happen again, probably, if you could get really square with yourself in a place of love, in a place of forgiveness, in a place of honesty, you could really let it go. I love that. The truth. The truth. And all roads lead to you. All roads. All roads. Natalie, how do people reach you if they want to contact you or find out more about you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook at Divorcely, D-V-O-R-C-E-L-Y. Or you can find me on Twitter under my name, Natalie Kusturic, K-U-S-T-U-R-I-C. Thank you, Natalie. Until next time, ciao. Afterthoughts on love and forgiveness. What I have come to understand is love is energy. Love is pure. And where and when love exists, it's something that can never be taken away and actually something that never goes away. And it's an action to live to see, to hold someone, something, some situation in the place of love. And love doesn't go away. We could fall out of love with people and we cannot love them in certain ways. But when real love, true acceptance, true appreciation, true gratitude, a relationship without blame or control, a place in yourself that just loves with no other attachment. It's only the human things like the feelings and the emotions and the details that get involved that start to taint the feeling of love. But love really never goes away, but it can get tainted. So when I talk about how a relationship can end, a relationship of any nature can end, and if there's love there, but oftentimes that love does not end. The love continues and when a relationship is met with love, the love continues. It doesn't die. And it's totally okay to love somebody and not be with them. And it's totally okay to love someone 
and end the relationship or not be friends or not have anything to do with each other or to start a new kind of relationship. That's all dependent upon the people involved. However, the love does not go away. And when you come from a place of love, like Natalie was saying, first you have to look inside yourself. And right now we're talking about relationships specifically. So look inside yourself first and forgive yourself first. And it's true from true forgiveness in yourself and true self-love, it'll be no problem to forgive somebody else. Because after all, we're all human. And the more that you hold that person or situation in a place of love, the more impossible it is for anger and resentment and hatred to grow. It's almost impossible. I saw a great quote today by Reinhold Niebuhr, and it says, Forgiveness is the final form of love. And that is so true. Listen to that again. Forgiveness is the final form of love. So because we're talking about relationships and breakups and endings of any kind of relationship, that the final form is forgiveness. And as Natalie really brought it home was that it first starts with forgiveness of yourself, forgiveness for being in this situation and forgiveness for what you didn't do when you thought you should have done something and you didn't and what you chose to accept instead of going after what you wanted what you chose to accept inside the relationship that's not about forgiving somebody else that's about forgiving yourself and the second piece is that Love never dies. Love is the purest form of energy, the purest economy. Energetically, when you extend your love to someone or some situation, instead of folding in to a hatred or resentment or anger, Your love grows. Your peace inside yourself grows. Your love grows. And you get more of it back. That's why I say that love never dies. The relationship was built from love. The love only grew. And in that love was respect a friendship, a co-parenting relationship, a business relationship, lovers, daughters, sons, 
confidants, you name it. That's what happens in a relationship. But relationships don't always last, and that's okay. And I think the days are gone when you have to like hate the person because you're not with them, or you have to feel like you can't, you have to stop loving them because you're not with them. And that idea is completely archaic. It's just completely archaic. I think that it's so much healthier and beautiful and enriching in your soul and in your spirit to continue the love. You don't have to be in love, but to continue the love. And the way that you do that is you you cherish the moments and the time that you wore together and you cherish what you learned from each other. You cherish how you grew. And even if it didn't turn out the way you thought it would, and even if it was horrible, there's a lesson in there. It's from that place that you can grow appreciation and gratitude for that time in your life. And for me, I have 16 years of gratitude. 16 years. Some of you have less and some of you have more. And as I said, the the time doesn't matter at all. It could be three months. You can have the most amazing situation for three months that you may never match again in your entire life. The healing and evolving comes from the freedom of forgiveness and the strength of love. Don't forget that. And if you really want to end a relationship, love them as much as you possibly can and appreciate everything you possibly can because there's nothing that keeps you more connected to somebody and more attached than anger and resent. So if you really want to have someone out of your life and away from you forever or to not feel that connection, get over the anger. Work through that anger and resentment because that's what's going to keep you attached to them forever. And when you come from a place of love, you actually do begin to separate. And you separate from a loving place. And you don't have to like them. You don't have to want to hang out with them. You don't have to want anything to do with them. However, the separation becomes natural and comes from a natural place with no anger and no resent. It's just simply over and done. And that's okay. Relationships end and people have their course. And if that's the length of your relationship destiny, then that's the length of the relationship destiny. There's nothing you can do about it or should you want to. Love and forgiveness go hand in hand. And the first step is forgiving yourself. And the rest will follow. That's all for now. Ciao.